Good Erev Shabbos, dear friends. So we are in Parshas Vayigash, Yehuda encountering Yosef. And uh, the Midrashim bring out a lot of the depth of the what's happening over here. This is a epic encounter uh, to a certain extent, as we've mentioned before, the you know, the the uh, leader of the sons of Rachel Imenu is Yosef. The leader of the sons of Leah Imenu is Yehuda. Um, there is a history already until now of which one is the right way of serving Hashem. Who is the rightful leader of the Jewish people? Uh, this continues into the future for us with um, kings coming from both lines. Um, obviously, Yeshua was from Shevet Ephraim. Uh, Shaul is from Shevet Binyamin. David is from Shevet Yehuda. Uh, and uh, Yeruvam, the who, who broke away from, you know, who broke the ten tribes away from Rahavam, the grandson of David. Um, so, so Yeruvam was from Shevet Ephraim. Uh, so, this is uh, a ongoing pain point that the Jewish people have had. The these two powers, uh, the power of Yosef, the power of Yehuda, uh, competing for leadership, vying for leadership. Going back and forth, obviously, if that's what's happening, then it's also something that's happening inside of our hearts, that there's these two parts to a person, these two parts, two kochas that we have inside of ourselves. And uh, Sadaka Cohen actually identifies it as being the two hearts that a person has. A king is a heart. The king is the heart of the nation, the heart of the people. Um... Unlike the Chachamim, you know, the, the, the Sanhedrin, that would be the Eine Hador, they're described as being the eyes of the generation. The, 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 the Chachamim it would be the, you know, the Seichel, perhaps. Uh, the, uh, the Melech is the heart, the heart of the, uh, of the people. So, um, the heart, it has two parts to it. It has the right heart and the left heart. We have two hearts. We all, we, we walk around with two hearts. Um, so that's the, now it's one heart, but it has two parts to it. Right? So that's, that's the, that corresponds to, says Rav Tzadik, these two kings that the Jewish people have, Melech, from uh, Mashiach ben Yosef, and Mashiach ben Yehuda or Mashiach ben David, yeah. So that's the uh, setup over here as we come into this parsha. So actually, the the Midrash Tanhuma speaking about the cryptic message that Yaakov Inu sends to Esav. So he says to him that I have shor v'chamor, v'hili shor v'chamor. I have uh, ox. I have an ox, a single ox. And a single donkey. Uh, that's very difficult, being that he had actually herds of oxen and many, many donkeys. So, uh, the 
Rashi says what he says, but the Tanhuma over there says, Shor ze Yosef, this is alluding to Yosef, Shenemar, Bechor Shor, Hader Lo, Yosef is described as a Bechor Shor, as a firstborn axe, and the Chamor, the donkey, that's Malach Mashiach. Like the Pasuk in Zechariah says that uh, the Mashiach is riding on the donkey. Ani, ani the poor, the impoverished uh, person riding on a donkey, that, that, that is an allusion to Mashiach. Mashiach ben David is going to be someone who is going to be riding on a donkey. So that speaks to uh, the power of Yehuda. Okay, so the Tanhuma is giving us a tremendous insight over here that Yaakov Avinu is telling Esav, I have these two tremendous powers in my possession, and that's why, you know, uh, you shouldn't mess with me. So, yeah. He has 12 shvatim, all of them have a certain good, uh, certain different strengths, right? So, w- w- he, we see here singling out of these two, so I guess maybe they're the two strongest ones, but um, it seems more than that, that there's somehow these two, you know, w- we know there's a, uh, a prohibition of plowing with, with these two together, the kalayim, right, the, the um, harnessing together a shore and a chamor onto the same, um, to pull the same uh, yoke together. What's, what's the uh, message that Yaakov is sending Esav with these two powers that he has? So, let's take a look in two uh, scenarios where these two powers did tremendous things. First, we'll start with uh, in Mitzrayim. Um, So, uh, the Egyptians are compared to the power of water, right? Obviously, uh, Egypt, the the god of Egypt is um, the Nile, that is water, uh, Egypt was is described as Ervas Haaretz, as a place of licentiousness. Water has to do with licentiousness. The, the, the beach, the swimming, the the jacuzzis, the spas, the the uh, water is the symbol for growth, for lushness, for for uh, pleasure, for life. And uh, that, that's all, that was Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was a place of taiva, uh, a place of znus, uh, a place of the power of water. Um, water is the um, epitome of physicality. Um, water represents Homer, even Homer so much so that it's even without surah. It's uh, um, matter without, you know, it's this amorphous matter, it doesn't have, even, even soil to a certain extent has, has, has matter, it has, has form to it, it has strength, rigidity, you have to break it with, a, with an axe or something, or with a, with a, with a plow, with, you have to uh, change its shape, 
Otherwise, it has a certain uh, shape to it, it has a certain structure to it. Water is completely formless. It's uh, something that you could, you know, um, it has no form. You could put any form you want on it, and as soon as you, you're done putting that form onto it and you take it away, it just reverts back to being just plain old water. Uh, so that is a uh, that was the koch of Mitzrayim, uh, the, compared to the morale in Gvurus Hashem, in the eleventh parak says that the power of Mitzrayim is compared to is, is physicality and is compared to water, um, and that's obviously why the Egyptians um, tested the Jewish people by throwing our um, children into the into the canal, into the river, into into the water, drowning them by drowning. Um, so, Yosef was the one who was able to control himself the most with the uh, issue of promiscuity, uh, controlling the flow of his own water uh, in relation to Asia's Potiphar. He stopped that flow uh, the Gimorn Sota says that it was so uh, uh, that he was so close and he was so tempted, but and yet he stopped it. Um, so that's uh, he, he's therefore the one who is fit to rule over Egypt. He's the antithesis of their water. He's able to um, rule over them. Um, on the other hand, we have Bovel. Bovel um, it was the power of fire. Um, the Nebuchadnezzar is described as uh, Rosha de Dahava, the golden head in in the dream of the go- of the statue. So it has the golden head. That's uh, uh, that is uh, you are the golden head. Uh, uh, that's uh, said to Nebuchadnezzar. So gold. Um, you know, we are used to thinking of gold as yellow. That's because uh, you know we live in America, where most gold is very diluted. It's only twelve karat gold. So, uh, you know, t- so for example, twelve you know, twelve karat gold that is America. So that means it's actually only half gold. Yeah, it's fifty uh, percent gold and fifty percent other stuff. So that's uh, so so that you, it looks yellow, um, but. Say if you have um, eighteen karat gold, so that's uh, that's an extra um, um, with an extra what twenty five percent or so um, of gold. That's a lot more gold in there, meaning. Uh, the whole thing is 24 parts. So, so 18 carats gold means 18 out of 24 parts are gold. And only 6 parts are not gold. So that looks much more orangey. And if, if uh, something were to be pure gold, it would look quite orange, quite om- almost red, almost like a fire. Um, so gold represents fire. That's, uh, that's bubble. Um, also, we know that... Uh, you know, Bovel, they're the ones that keep on throwing people into fiery furnaces, into Kivshan Aish, right? Uh, Nimrod uh, threw Avram Avinu into Kivshan Aish. Um, Nebuchadnezzar threw Mishal Hanani and Azariah into the Kivshan Aish. Um, and um, 
that's that's that that was the power of bovel, the power of of uh, of anger, of uh, of kina, of power. That that that's ish. That's bovel. So the and there, who is the ones that overcome that power? It's like like we just said. It's it's Hanani, Mishal, and Azariah. The and and Daniel, meaning Daniel and his three friends, all four of them were descendants of Yehuda. They were all from the royal house of Malchus Beis David, from the nobility. They were all from Yehuda, and so they're all able to, um, again, uh, just like Yosef was the one who could overcome the power of Mitzrayim. So here, it's Yehuda who can overcome the power of Bavl. Now, how do they overcome the power of Bavl? Actually, through submission. means through uh, being soft, through, through not fighting, through allowing themselves to be thrown into the Kivshan Aish. And being saved from there is how they broke the power of, uh, of Bavl. So we see a very different relationship to how one overcomes it. Um, to give a even greater clarity to this understanding of the power of Yehuda, power of Yosef, is Rav Tzadik quoting another Tanhuma, Tanhuma from actually from this week's Parsha. Um, so Tanhuma brings a Pasuk um, from Eov Hamshel Vapachad Imo, the ruler and the terror are with him. Talking about Hashem, so the so the Tanhuma says, who is the who is the marshal? What is the marshal? Who is the marshal? Who is the ruler? And what's the pachad that's with Hashem? So the marshal, the marshal, that is Michael, the angel Michael, and the pachad that is the angel Gavriel. Right, the Michael is the angel of water, he's the angel of, from the side of Chesed, that, that's water, Gavriel is the angel of fire, that's from the side of, of Gvura, and uh, the, and the positive there continues, also Shalom Bimarmov, Hashem uh, makes peace up there, between these two tremendous powers, um, right, there's water, one is the angel of the water, the other one is the angel of the fire, the water doesn't extinguish the fire, the fire doesn't uh, burn off and evaporate away the water, but they're able to coexist. And what is that? This concept of coexisting of these two powers, that's Yehuda and Yosef. This one, Yehuda, now is being compared to a lion in this Tanhuma, right? We know the symbol of Shevet Yehuda was a lion. And, um, and this one, meaning Yosef, is an ox, Right, so the powers of the lion and the powers of the axe, um, obviously, um, you know, the lion is on the lion head is on the right side of the divine chariot, the axe head is on the left side of the divine chariot. Um, that those are those are the two powers. That's the Michoel corresponds to the lion, Gavriel corresponds to the shore. So we've got the then. The lion corresponding to Michael corresponding to water, and we've got uh, the Malagavriel corresponding to the axe and to fire. 
Now, Axe Fire, that's a pretty easy one, is that uh, here he's uh, the Axe, he sees red, he, he drives him uh, crazy, he gets furious, he's super powerful. Um, you know, that's, that's a pretty direct connection. Uh, something a little bit less intuitive, but when you think about it, it, it comes out uh, very clearly true, is the lion corresponds to water. Uh, of course, we think of the lion as being a very powerful, very ferocious animal. The truth is that the lion, he has a pride. He has an entire uh, harem of wives, right? Uh, that he mostly doesn't have to do much. I mean, the lion, he's very he's very chilled, very relaxed the whole day. Uh, the, uh, the male lions don't hunt. They, uh, they don't usually hunt. They uh, usually... Uh, relax, and uh, and is their pride, their wives. They do the hunting, and then they give him to eat. Uh, so he's uh, you, know, you got a lot of uh, wives, uh, very pleasurable life, very comfortable life, very relaxed life, and uh, he's quite uh, he's quite caring, um, and he he also uh, even even when in a fight. If one were to watch a fight between a lion and, and a bull, one would see that the bull comes charging in. Lion cannot charge straight at the bull. That, that would be that would be a suicide, right? So what the lion has to do is he has to back away. He has to try to jump from the side. Uh, he, he's like he fights like water. It means that it's uh, the, uh, he he gives way and then afterwards he comes crashing down on his enemy. Um, unlike the axe, which is like a fire, you know, raging fire, uh, you know, comes charging in. So that's the that's the lion and the axe. So that's and that is Yos- that and that's the uh, lion is, is Yehuda and the axe is Yosef um, or the bull. So the so it comes out uh, much better understanding now of why it was Yosef specifically who was fit to rule over Egypt, we mentioned before that Egypt was a, a power of water, so Yosef being the being the bull, he is the power now we're seeing of fire. So fire, uh, Yosef's fire, divine fire, was able to rule over the earthly water. And um, the back to uh, in, in, in Bovel, so... Um, Hanania, Mishal, Nazaria, who are all, and Daniel, who are all from the royal house of David, from Yehuda, they would be representing water, the divine power of water, and therefore they're able to subdue and subjugate the earthly fire of Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and again, we see this with their own behavior. They didn't, over, they didn't overcome him through raw fire, uh, raw, raw strength, right? They didn't fight fire with fire. They fought fire with water, which means they gave way. They, 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 they withstood their God. They said, okay, so throw us in then. And he did. And, and, and it didn't work. And he was awed and, and was, uh, was brought to his knees in a, in a different way. Um, so these two powers of the bull the fiery bull, the the red bull of Yosef, encountering the blue lion 
of Yehuda over here. This is a clash of the titans, right? And this is the two powers that Yo- that Yaakov you know, sent to Esav that he has with him, and therefore Esav should not try to mess with him. Um, just one more point is we see as well in the lives of Yosef and Yehuda themselves. We see this concept. Um, Yosef was a tzaddik. Yosef a tzaddik. He did things right. He withstood this test with Asia Potiphar. Simultaneously, the part, the uh, last week's, um, not last week, the week before that, part of Yeshev shows us that you see there were two women that were both seducing these two people, right? Uh, and Yehuda did not manage to control himself, and if he fell, he did something that he thought to be wrong, which was to be with Tamar, right? He, he, he thought she was a harlot, he was, uh, he was with her. Um, meantime, simultaneously, Yosef is being seduced by Ashes Potiphar, and he withstands the test. So Yosef is the tzaddik. Yehuda did the wrong thing, but when he realizes what he did, he says, she's right, it's for me, he confesses, he takes responsibility. Yehuda is the Balchuba. He is the one that understands he did wrong, but he can come back. In fact, you know, from the David Amelech, who is the epitome of Yehuda, we uh, all of the the whole world learns from David Amelech to do tshuva. Uh, David taught us about tshuva through his own life travails, where he did things that were wrong, and he did tremendous tshuva over it. And that's like water, where it, where water, it, it may not be uh, as strong as fire is up front, but it, but it's resilient. It'll come back and try again and try again. Um, you, right? You, you attack it; it parts ways. But then, as soon as the the blow has, has passed, it, it comes right back to its original place. And uh, that's. That's also represented, obviously, by Yehuda. In the, uh, we said earlier in the previous Tanhuma that uh, Yehuda and, and Mashiach ben, ben, ben David are represented by the Hamor, by the Ani al Gabi Hamor. That's a very humble way of going about things. There's two parts to a person. There's the proud bull, the proud red bull, that is uh, so full of strength and he's able to be righteous. He withstands tests, he does not fall and that's one part of our hearts, and the other part of our hearts is the blue lion, or the in other words, the chamor, the donkey, the the humble lowly, poor donkey where a person is humbled through his failures through his mistakes that he's made and he's humbled through it, and he comes back to Hashem in humility and a chamor riding a donkey doing tshuva, and that's the other heart that we have. The two hearts that a person has is Lev Chochem, Limino, the heart of a wise person is to his, uh, to his right, that's the, uh, means he does the, he he does the, the right thing, right, we have, we have that heart, and then we have the, we have the, we have the heart of the fool, the, 
right? The Leif Ksil Lusmolo, right? We have the heart of the fool, the one that errs, the one that's done things that are wrong. And, uh, but even from that, we could do tshuva and come back. So that was the message Yaakov Inu sent to Esav. He said to him, I have these two powers with me. I have the power of pride and upliftedness in my Avodos Hashem. I have the power of the Red Bull uh, that will not falter. And I have also within me the other power that when I do falter, when I do fall, I have the resilience to stand back up, I, uh, to stand up, back up through humility of the of the chamor. I, I come back like the like the water, like the like the lion coming back to overpower that which seems to have overpowered me. And through these two powers, I am assured of staying righteous, of being righteous, of going up in my tzitkus, and uh, therefore, this is no match for you. Um, that's, uh, that's the message that Yaakov sent to Asa. It's the message that we have to take to ourselves to work on these two hearts that we have and uh, to have the arrogance in our Vodos Hashem, the greatness, the grandeur that Salam Olukim, and then the humility that comes with the realization that uh, we are not perfect. Ki Adam ein tzadik ba'aretz. There's no person who can be a tzadik ba'aretz v'lo yachta, and he doesn't sin. It's something that everyone who's striving for tzitkus has, and uh, to have the resilience of Mashiach ben David, who follows Mashiach ben Yosef, to complete the thing, not only to have a to have a right heart of righteousness, but even the left heart of the fool to be rectified and repaired through tshuva. Wishing you all a wonderful Shabbos.